On this episode of the Southeast Michigan Podcast, Michigan makes it three Big Ten championships in a row, and Blake Corum continues to make history, setting the bar in one and tying in another. This episode next. What's up, Southeast Michigan Podcast? Welcome back into this week's show. Michigan, three Big Ten championships in a row, three Big Ten victories over Ohio State Buckeyes. Things are going good um, outside of the uh, the counter stallion situation, but uh, yeah, Michigan makes the three in a row. Jim Harbaugh back on the sidelines for this one. They uh, they beat Iowa twenty. Or excuse me, they beat Iowa twenty six to zip. In a game where I didn't think uh, I thought Brian Ferentz was done. Apparently he he did get to the bowl game. I we uh, I swear we read a story a month ago where he originally was gonna finish out the season, and I swear we read something where they were like, "We've had enough. We're just gonna be done anyways." The nepotism was at an all-time high, but Brian Ferentz was irate for 99% of this game. Uh, was really frustrated with one of the calls of a forward pass being ruled a fumble and <clears throat> all, all this craziness. But in, in kind of a, in a brutal, kind of fugly game, Michigan wins this one. Uh, 2021, they beat them 42-3 in Indy. And then this time around, it's uh, it's field goal central um, and punt central. I think between this game and what was it, <coughs> the Florida State game versus Louisville, I think there was 21 first half punts. But uh, again, I was there this time with the wife. I was able to go to the uh, the championship games here the last two years with uh, two sets of friends. And this time around, it was uh, the old lady and I. And it was a great time. You know, the weather was a lot better uh, than the previous two years. I mean, it's December in Indy, in the Midwest. It's going to be cold, right? But, you know, this time around it was uh, <clears throat> about 45, 50 degrees throughout the day. So it wasn't it wasn't horrible. And it seemed like everywhere in America this past weekend it was raining, even on Sunday. But, uh, you know, getting there from where I live is about three and a half hours and it was basically Seattle outside, and then once we got in Indianapolis, it was just cloud cover. But uh, temperature wasn't bad, so it wasn't freezing. You know, last year we tailgated <clears throat> for the game, and it was quite frigid. You know, I think it was like around 25 degrees maybe, you know, during the day when the sun was out. Um, so it was, uh, we, had our, we had our trials and tribulations then, but it was still obviously fun. But, uh, you know, the... The first time around with Iowa, I I think I I remember saying it was like seventy thirty, you know, Michigan Iowa fans. Last year, it was like eighty five percent Michigan fans, but it was almost like ninety ten, you know, ten percent being Purdue. And I was a little, I say shocked, but I thought there would have been a little bit more, you know, seeing how West Lafayette is only like an hour away from Indy. 
but uh, that's what it was. And then this time around, you know, I was like, I'm looking around the stadium inside Lucas Oil. I mean, it was hard to see any Iowa fans in the concourse, in the tailgate area, in the in the festival area. Like there was hardly any Iowa fans. Um, and I would probably put this one up around uh, 85-15 or 90-10 as well. Uh, to explain it to my buddies, I was saying the, the, the amount of Iowa fans that at least I saw from my seats, I mean, it could have been no more bigger than like the Michigan student section at a home game. That's how that's how Iowa fans turned out for this one. But, uh, you know, like I said, tickets were reasonably cheap still all the way up to game time. And I don't remember seeing if uh, it was a sellout. And I think uh, Lucas Oil sits 60000 But uh, I bet you, <clears throat> you know, let me look at that. I will say it was probably just under that. Um, <clears throat> see if ESPN has the, uh, oh, yeah. Also, they say uh, maybe a little bit more than 60000 Now it says capacity 63000 and attendance for this was 67842 all right, they didn't show that uh, on the scoreboard. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, let's get into... Excuse me. Let's get into the stat lines. So, <clears throat> Mikey Sanderson, Big Ten Championship MVP, had three pressures, two forced fumbles, six yards allowed, and one pass breakup. He got... Moved over to the outside, you know. <clears throat> He's usually the nickel corner. Got bumped outside because Will Johnson was a uh, questionable, uh, or listed questionable. Um, and I didn't see Will Johnson in warm-ups, but during the game I did see him in full uniform. Wasn't limping from, from my vantage point, but uh, they did keep him out. And I haven't watched the, the press conference this week, if there, if the, there has been one, but... <clears throat> yeah, it's most likely for, you know, precautionary reasons. And, you know, Iowa's obviously not a pass-heavy team and uh, a struggling one to be mediocre at best. And so they, uh, they kind of rocked rocked it without Will and put um, Jane McBurrows out there. Josh Wallace was kind of the uh, the uh, opposite there from, from Mikey, but... So, yeah, you know, Mikey Sanders well-deserved there. Had a great, great game. Stepping up huge. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, J.J. McCarthy, 22 of 30. So, about a 73-74 completion percentage. So, on paper, that looks good. Uh, but only for 147 yards. And I made a comment last week with uh, how Penn State played Iowa. Um, they had, uh, I think Drew Aller had something about 26 completions and uh, for about a buck 65, so a lot of dink and, dink and dunk stuff. And, you know, Michigan was throwing a lot of boundary stuff. And, uh, I mean, they hit <clears throat> they hit the, the tight ends up the seam a couple times. And uh, we'll get to that get to that more you know, in a second here. But, you know, Donovan Edwards, or excuse me, Blake Corm, 16 carries, 52 yards, two touchdowns. You know, 3.3 per carry, pretty gross. And his longest rush of the day was six yards. Donovan Edwards, four carries, 28 yards. Had a little bit more of a burst, if you will. Still can't break a tackle to save his life. Four catches for 19 yards. Cornelius Johnson kind of shined in the passing game. He had nine receptions for 64. Um, and then overall as a team, four sacks, eight passes defensed, and, uh, I mean, probably countless pressures and hurries 
Uh, Smosh Morgan had the 87-yard punt return, which in real time, that was um, that was scored on the opposite end zone. And so from my corner of the end zone, I was like, when it happened, we thought it was a touchdown, at least I did. And then, you know, I was like, yeah, you know what? He, he probably is out, which he was, and then Blake scored on the next play. Um, but uh, as a team uh, in the rushing department, it was uh, 1.9. Per carry and uh, only getting 12 first downs. Let's get into our thumbs up. Mikey Sanders still, again, being all over the place, got pushed outside uh, to cover um, with the absence of Will and, uh, and played absolutely fantastic. I mean, beating a dead horse here, but it was really cool seeing a defensive player get this trophy. I know uh, Aiden Hutchinson got it a couple years ago, but, <clears throat> you know, Big, big, impactful place. Brain uh, McGregor with a huge strip on uh, Deacon Hill early in the fourth quarter. That was, uh, I'm going to say, like, I mean, this game, I think, was sealed by halftime. But, I mean, really, that re that, that felt like the nail in the coffin, uh, that strip sack. If, they, I don't think they were carted a, a sack, but definitely a forced fumble. Um, Jane McBurrows uh, filling in again. You know, I don't know what how many yards he gave up. I only know that um, Sanders still gave up six yards total because uh, that was uh, via PFF. Um, Michigan forced Iowa to seven punts and shut them out on fourth down 0 to three zero. Uh, um, excuse me, zero conversions on three attempts. Deacon Hill. Was a sitting duck in the pocket, and Michigan's uh, defense made life hell for him. Like so, four sacks, but again, they were in his face all the afternoon or all night. And uh, you know, McGregor has been real. Just had has had a knack over these last two years of just getting his hands up. I mean, he's a, obviously a tall guy, and he just gets he you know disrupts the passing lanes. And you know, when you wind wind up your arm the cock back to to sling it, you know, there's always that chance where he's coming around the corner. Trying to uh, pull your arm down. Um, and then my last thumbs up here was, was James Turner. He's just been absolutely a money machine this season. Um, I think we talked about it last week, the week before. You know, he had uh, that one missed field goal in the beginning of the year in the first game. And it was just kind of like, um, what? But, you know, we were spoiled with Moody, so we were kind of on heightened alert <laughs> a little bit there. But on the season, he's 16 of 18. So 88.9%. His longest has been a 50-yarder. Um, and let's see here. Um, he missed that he missed that one field goal in uh, the first game against ECU. Mixed, mixed, excuse me, missed an extra point as well. So again, both those were uh, the eyebrow raisers. And then the other one that he missed was one against uh, Rutgers. So, solid year from James Turner in the special teams department. Uh, he is, let's see. He's got, this is his fourth year technically. I'm not sure, but, I'm, you know, he started in 2020 for Louisville. So, maybe, uh, maybe he has... Uh, Potential for one more year eligibility. That would be nice. Um, all right, let's get let's move on to the thumbs down. So thumbs down. 
Michigan play calling was uh, quite head scratching at times. So when I when I say we won fugly, I mean we won fugly. Um, seemingly way too predictable. And again, you know I'm just a Monday morning quarterback. You know I'm just your your average average dude, your average Joe. You know, but <clears throat> I it, I mean when everybody knows in the building that you're going to run it and it doesn't work, you know, that, uh, that tends to grind the gears of the masses. Um, JJ again, 73%, uh, 73% completion percentage, but man, did he get away with a lot of them? Um, checked off on a few plays where guys were wide open and, and just took a handful of really bad sacks. He was sacked four times as well. And, you know, when he rolls out and then doubles back the other way and loses 15 yards, there's just got to be one of the most irritating plays someone can watch. Excuse me, not just the fan. I mean, of course, coaches aren't going to be happy about it either, but I mean, it's like, it's not NFL blitz, dude. And that's been one of his, that's one been one of my gripes about him since he's been the starting quarterback. I mean, even as a freshman, you know, there's, it's like, man, you can get away with that stuff at times. Like that one, that his first ever touchdown pass, um, I can't think of the receiver's name, but it was against Western Michigan in, in, in 2020, or 20, was it 21? And, um, you know, he, he rolls all the way out and then fires all the way across his body on the other side of the sideline. And then it's like, man, you do that against a team with any bit of talent. I mean, that's just going to go the other way. And we've seen that stuff like that happen last year against TCU. And so it just, I don't know, it just raises the eyebrows heading into the next biggest game of the season against Alabama. And you know, that, 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 that shit's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. Um, he had at least three ill-advised throws that Iowa dropped instead of picking it off at least three. Um, there was a late third quarter drive where he rolled out to the left and, you know, Michigan's threatening. They're not in the red zone, but they're just outside the 30 yard line. And he rolls left and passes up a potential first down on the ground. And there is a pursuing Iowa defender. I don't know if it was a safety or linebacker. But if you rewatch the play, this is like right before the third quarter ends. That defender is hovering around the sticks in the middle of the field. And J.J. McCarthy is on the other on the other hash. So, I mean, that's at least eight yards. Manageable third down. So he rolls out, he throws the ball into triple coverage, doesn't it hits the receiver in the hands, doesn't get caught, and then Michigan on the next play runs the ball and sells for three. So on that drive, I mean, we should be we should be going for twenty four points, not twenty. And I understand that, you know, you trust in the defense and whatever, but you know, to stop Iowa, and so you, you, you'll you gladly take three, but it's like, man, let's, man, we, a lot of people thought Michigan had the the number one spot locked in once Georgia lost, but, like, I'm not saying this team had to go out and, 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 and beat this Iowa team with complete style points in order to prove its number one existence, but I just felt like the, uh, we, there wasn't enough, I'm going to say emphasis, but the the uh, the separation just wasn't there for me personally. Like, the, there wasn't enough stamp on this one, if that makes any sense, you know. And 
again, I think Iowa maybe crossed the 50-yard line one time. Um, and that was because there was a, it was a, uh, uh, Tommy Dolman had a really bad punt. And so like you take that out of the equation, like I was not getting, I was not crossing the 50 yard line. Are you kidding me? They went forward on fourth down three times. You shut them out. They're not crossing the 50 yard line. They're garbage on offense. Brian Ferentz, who I thought actually got fired, fired. He's still there. He's still garbage. Um, And to me, it's just like it's was I think it ended up being third nine, and we're just gonna run the ball and just uh, take thirty more seconds off and kick a field goal. To me, I don't know. That's just me, Monday, uh, Monday morning quarterbacking. But again, it's like man, we gotta you know let's look the part, boys. Um, and yeah, so like I, my other thumbs down was Colson Loveone had a had a really bad drop over the middle, like. Another ten yards after the catch, if he if he held on to it, and you know Loveland's been money all season, but I mean this is uh you know the game wasn't on the line in that situation, but I mean you, you got to catch that man, got to catch it. Um, so my overall thoughts, again, I mean hell three conference championships in a row, I'm not mad at that whatsoever. I again memories for a lifetime. Personally, as a fan, it's been. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was awesome to see Quorum tie Anthony Thomas' career rushing yards, or excuse me, career rushing touchdowns at 55. And, you know, setting the bar for the single season. He's at 24 right now. So it was 20 with the San Haskins. Quorum has now got that to 24. So, like I said in the opening, he's setting the bar for one, and he's, you know, um, looking to exceed and break the school record here in the career uh, department here um, against Alabama. But playing like this game, not to lose, was a little bit aggravating. Obviously uh, alluded to that already. And overall pretty balanced uh, play sheet. I believe it was 34 rush to 30 pass. But in key, key situations like this, I mentioned they go out um, they go out of their way to settle for three. Uh, oh, real quick too is, I didn't, so I I screwed up on the Brian Ferentz thing, apparently. But, like, um, you know, I, I had mentioned, you know, my show with Jeff in here, that, you know, Iowa's best playmaker, Cooper DeGene, is on defense, and he returns special teams, he's on special teams, returns kicks and punts. And he wasn't even in this game. He's apparently been hurt, completely, completely missed that one. So that is on me. I didn't know that. And then the problem with that is, is there was a couple times where Iowa – Got some yardage on a return or two. Uh, the, what's his face? Caden Wetgen, if that's how you pronounce it. I mean, got 34 yards on punts. And so that, I mean, on one of them, he got 21 yards. And then he returned two kickoffs for 54 yards total. And one was for 28 yards. So, you know, it was kind of like, oh boy. Um, so they got to clean that up. Um, what else? So I mentioned that I wouldn't cross the 50 yard line, maybe like maybe once. Um, but yeah, really wanted to see this one, especially the offense at full steam with, uh, Jimmy back on the sidelines. And then, uh, this team is going to be facing one of the best programs of the last 15, 20 years. So again, you know, there is a little slight overreaction probably to all this, whatever, but going into Alabama, who, you know, they should have beat a few years ago when they had a freshman Mac Jones and then 
pissed the game away and lost. You know, we you have to win this one. And so I'm not at panic level, you know, DEFCON level 5 red. But, again, you know, they got to be clicking in all three phases if they want uh, to win this national championship. And if they cannot run the ball for more than 66 yards like in this game, J.J. better be throwing uh, to only players in blue uniforms. Like, he, like if, if seriously, if Michigan's going to go up against Alabama and Blake Corum is only going to be able to run the ball for no more than six yards all day on one attempt, you're going to be in trouble. Um, and J.J. McCarthy is going to have to have to be on his game. He cannot be rolling around in the pocket like it's Cordell Stewart and NFL Blitz and, you know, just get sacked and then you're looking at a third and 45. But in that game, you can jump and somersault and heave a Hail Mary for a first down. Can't do that here. Can't do that here. And if you're going to roll out and you don't see anybody, throw the ball out of bounds, dude. Throw the ball out of bounds. Um, God, that's just so, that just pisses me off to know to the nth degree. When you, when you see that. Um, so enough of me uh, complaining about that. But, um, I mean, again, three Big Ten championships. Happy to be there. Fantastic atmosphere still. And it felt like Ann Arbor come again. Or like Ann Arbor sister station. It was great. Um, let's see here. Next here on our list, let's go to the conference championship grades from PFF. Where do I got this at? So PFF put out uh, championship weekend highest graded players. They did a top 10. Um, <clears throat> we will not name all 10 here, but we'll, uh, there's two Michigan players in here. And then we will <clears throat> name, name like one or two others. So, Iowa, we'll name Iowa's player here, Sebastian Castro. He is, uh, I believe, one of their linebackers. He was tied for eighth. He had an 82.8 grade. Um, there was four Florida State players in here, the, the 10th, the 9th, which was technically tied for eighth, and then the second, uh, or in the sixth, too. But... Um, See here, Alabama, Dallas Turner, he was at 86.9. Junior Colson was third at 87.6, where, you know, inside the stadium, the, the, the announcer, I mean, he's, I felt like he said Junior Colson's name on every play. So Junior was all over the place. And then Mikey Sanders still led the way at 90.3. So those are your highest graded players from conference weekend. Um, so you had Michigan, Florida State in here, the Bama player, uh, Javion Sanders from Texas, he was fifth with 86.6. And then uh, Washington had one down at seven with an 84.0. The rest were uh, Florida State Seminoles. Let's see what else we have here on segment one. Uh, so rankings, let's get into the rankings. Uh, obviously, they got put out uh, yesterday afternoon at noon. Um, quite hilarious that... Reese Davis, who has been one of these narrative pushers on ESPN called Michigan Cheaters and Best and, um, you know, just gaslighting on college game day, you know, here and there. You know, he has the gall and the audacity to ask Jim kind of in a joking way about, you know, 
talking about all the, the stuff that's been going on in the news with Connor Stallings and stuff and the science stealing stuff. And, you know, at, roundabout way asked, you know, so what do you, you know, what do you got to say, blah, 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 about that? Or, you know, how do you handle all the people, you know, with the negative? And it's like, dude, quit being a douchebag. You're like, you're one of the ones. And then he has that, he has the audacity to, you know, get into that topic with Jim. And then when they go, when they talk to uh, the Missouri head coach, you know, the, him and the Missouri head coach are joking about it again. It's like, you guys are just absolute clowns, absolute clowns. But so Michigan, you know, finally gets that number one love. <clears throat> they move into the number one spot, 13-0. and 0. Uh, Washington, of course, number two. They're going to be taking on number three, Texas. So Texas moves up four spots. Georgia drops back five, all the way down to six. So they out. Uh, Oregon moved back three spots. They're at eight. And then Florida State went from four to five, and then Bama snuck in that last spot. So they move up four. So, <clears throat> you know, this playoff committee is just an absolute joke. And, you know, we, as fans, we're, for the most part, hoping for a four-team four playoff. And then, you know, we were like, oh, let's kick the idea around for a six or an eight and, you know, maybe a 12. <clears throat> but, you know, this year, obviously, having the 12-team playoff would be ideal because there's a lot of good teams. And with Florida State, you know, <clears throat> it sucks for the Florida State, of course. You know, they down to their third-string quarterback, lose Jordan Travis, who was really one of the Heisman front runners. They have a phenomenal defense. Who I mean, they can pose problems for anybody. And the reason why they were left out and Alabama was in is because, again, they're down to the third-string quarterback. And uh, I kind of mentioned this when I did the tiebreaker documentary review. So, again, if you guys haven't listened to the tiebreaker sports documentary review I did a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, go listen to it. Because we kind of touch on a, a, a similar situation where, again, <clears throat> in 1973, which is what the documentary is about, Michigan Ohio State tied 10-10. And at the time, this, the, the, the system was all the athletic directors in the conference vote between those two teams who tied to go to the Rose Bowl. At that particular time that instance Michigan only needed five votes Ohio State needed six because Ohio State went the year prior and normally they go out of their way and they don't send the same team two years in a row so having said that Michigan quarterback Dennis Franklin blows out his collarbone or shoulder you know shoulder in that game and was basically the catalyst or um, the, the deciding factor on some of the athletic directors votes and not to vote for Michigan because they didn't have a healthy quarterback. This is the exact same situation we're in right now. Florida State gets left out because they don't have Jordan Travis. Now, life isn't fair. And obviously this is a money-driven league. It's not even the NFL, but this is a money-driven league. And if you're going to go in there and put Florida State in. Obviously, the committee is worried that they're going to go ahead and then absolutely get blown out and uh, because they don't have their signal caller, the most important position on the field. So I don't have necessarily a problem with Bama being there. They won the SEC championship. 
But again, to hold Florida State back just solely on the uh, on the injury to uh, to trap it just uh, I mean obviously it sucks. Everyone, a lot of people have said that, but you know, I've seen a lot of people make the you know the 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 tweet or two about you know well maybe Jordan Travis should be in the Heisman uh, finalist, um, you know, be a Heisman finalist. You know, but I mean, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. It, 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 whatever, it doesn't matter. I get you know, for really, what I have to, here to comment. I'm just here to tell you that I'm on the train of, you know, Florida State got a job they should be in. But I again, I don't have a problem with Bama being there because again, they won a conference. But so did Florida State, undefeated. Um, it's just one of these conversations where even when we get to twelve. They might not be as serious, you know, but I really feel like we're going to have these arguments and these debates no matter if you have 64 teams in it. You know what I'm saying? That's just my my, my spin on it. But, um, you know, Michigan is going to have its hands full with, with Alabama, and I like uh, all the Sparty and Ohio State fans are like, oh, the reaction to uh, here in Bama is uh, – was a little bit underwhelming. Laugh out loud. I'm like, I mean, I mean, you can take it as for for what it is, but it seems like I think people were just shocked that they they, they seen Florida State get left out. But um, it's going to be a big challenge. We're, we'll be doing our Alabama preview uh, when we get closer to the actual game itself. Um, so we're only going to be doing the Iowa uh, post game today and some other things. We got a couple more segments, so you don't want to go any away from there. But. Um, you know, Washington, Texas is going to be is going to be a freaking sweet ass game to watch. Um, and Mission, I mean, out of all four of these teams, I mean, do you really think JJ is? I mean, where do you put JJ as a quarterback in in that ranking behind Penix uh, Jr., Ewers, and Jalen Milrow? Like Milrow's been playing out of his mind. You know, Bama's here because of his last moment heroics. You know, Ira's just torched. Um, Oklahoma State, like, I mean, these guys are all good, man. And I think J.J. is probably the third and probably the fourth best quarterback in in these final four four, four teams. And like I said, in the in the postgame, he's going to have to play absolute lights out and ball out. Because, um, again, one of my main gripes here with this team is this is Natty or bust, you know. If I'm comparing this Michigan team to last year's team, we're about the same in terms of being overall. But offensively, man, I we're probably we're probably neck and neck, if not worse. Um, and a lot of this again is stemming from not having a run game consistently enough opening holes. I mean, Blake Corm is getting tackled at the line of scrimmage on literally almost every carry. Like, I don't have the stats in front of me, and it's probably a PFF thing, but, like, I need to see stats of, like, first contact compared from this year to last year. If I had time, I'd look at it, but I just don't have it in front of me. But it, uh, it's been pretty wild. Um, let's see here. What else we got here for uh, let's see. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, let's get into... Let's get into our first ad read here before we dip. 
All right, so before we get into the Big Ten Awards, the transfer portal getting all hot and heavy, got to tell you about my boys at Sign Up Experts. So sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbooks accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there has never been a better time to sign up. I have multiple sportsbooks in my little folder. You know, you got an iPhone. You can, like, drag and drop your little, you know, consolidate, whatever. I, You know, I got, I got like, four or five of them that I like to use. I have my favorites, right? I have my favorites, but I use multiple. So when you visit my page, signupexpert.com backslash southeast, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have a valuable sign-up offer for new years, new users, and when you register through my link, you will automatically receive the top one at each one, top offer at every spot. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook. Again, at signupexpert.com backslash southeast. All right, welcome to segment two. So we're going to hit some of this transfer portal stuff. It's been kind of like a like Black Monday after the conference weekend. You know, there is 955 players right now in the portal. And I think when I got home from work, there was like 800. So it's filling up. Ohio State in the Big Ten is probably... Got like the highest amount of kids that have uh, declared for that uh, the transfer portal, but well, we're gonna get into a few of the uh, some of the most notable ones. Um, so overall, as a quarterback uh, like ranking system, according to On Three, Cam Ward, uh, a junior from Washington State. He entered the portal on December 1st, actually. He's thrown 48 touchdown passes in two years for the Cougs. So he's up there. He's still undecided, it says. Another one today that was was dropped, Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma, redshirt senior. So he's got, obviously, one year left. Uh, The third one is Will Howard. He's a senior from Kansas State. He entered. Um, Duke's Riley Leonard is in the portal. Obviously, we have uh, Kyle McCord uh, from Ohio State. He he dipsetted. Apparently, I haven't read it, but uh, I guess there was a story that dropped where it was this was more of a mutual of the parting of the ways. I think Kyle McCord's dad said something um, on the topic, but I mean it's it's a pretty big deal for Ohio State quarterback to be in the portal uh, after essentially starting the whole season. Um, DJ Ugalele from uh, Oregon State, he's in the portal. You know that's uh, been really known since just after Thanksgiving. After Jonathan Smith is now at Michigan State at the helm there. Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, he's in the portal. You got Will Rogers from Mississippi State. His coach is gone, that's why he's there. Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, uh, Minnesota. Uh, they lose Ethan Kaliakmanis because he's in the portal, and they've already got someone committed uh, as of yesterday, Max Brosmer. He's a senior from, it looks like, 
New Hampshire, North Dakota. I don't even recognize that logo. It's got a panther on it. And UNH, I think it is. UNI something. It's really tiny. Um, Sam Levitt. It was one of the Michigan State quarterbacks. He's ranked 14th in this list. Um, and interesting, Dante Moore, who I think could be a stud for somebody. He's at 15th right now, and you know he's leaving UCLA. Um, Detroit kid, so a lot of got a, a lot. Or excuse me, a lot of Michigan State fans hoping and praying they land more, or at least that Michigan State goes out and tries to to acquire him. Uh, the other Michigan State quarterback, Kaden Hauser, he's uh, 19th in this list. He's on the move. Um, also, I think last week's show I had mentioned the Michigan State situation. Um, I didn't know this, but Noah Kim is also in the portal, so. Um, until Michigan State gets one officially from here, they don't have one on the roster, at least, uh, at least a scholarship one. So yeah, we, uh, we called out the, pretty much the most notable quarterback ones. Um, let's go into the, let's just look at Ohio State in specific. Like I said, I think they have the most. They're at, uh, let's see here. They're at 12 right now. So Parker Lewis, he's a three-star kicker. Connor Camille, he's a unranked wide receiver. Victor Cutler, he's an inside offensive lineman. He is uh, was recruited as a three-star, is listed as a three-star, so... If you didn't know, when players enter the portal, they're essentially regraded as like they're a recruit. And so, uh, like Kyle McCord was a five-star quarterback out of high school. Uh, on three has him as a four-star uh, now that he's in the portal. Um, Ryan Turner, cornerback, he's a three-star kid. Uh, Evan Pryor was a four-star running back, is now listed as a three-star uh, Cameron Martinez, he was a four-star safety. He's now listed as a three. Uh, Michigan fans, we know him as uh, Burnt Toast. Uh, Kyle Stokes, another safety. He was four-star again, three-star listed right now. Jacob James, uh, uh, offensive tackle. He's a three-star uh, on both. Uh, Jair Brown um, is an interesting one because he's a freshman. He's uh, yeah, four-star cornerback. So he's not even re-rated at all. Reed Carrico, he was a four-star linebacker, now three. And then another, probably the most other notable one here in this Buckeye list is Julian Fleming. He was a five-star wide receiver in the 2020 class, and uh, he's now listed at a three-star. Um, also, uh, regarding the game over this past weekend between Michigan and Iowa, um, um, this is Devin Brown, not Devin Brown, because that's their quarterback now. Caleb Brown, I think his name is. Oh, I, just regardless, Iowa has a uh, former five-star wide receiver on their roster too from uh, transfer. So let's um, let's go into uh, Michigan. Doesn't have any. So sorry. I mean, I clicked on it knowing that I read somewhere where they didn't have anybody yet. Um, let's look at Minnesota real quick. So There you go. Yeah, so Ethan Kalik minus was a four-star quarterback, unrated right now. Um, 
no one else really there. Let's see. Wow, they already got Oregon listed in here. They already got those Big Ten teams from the Pac-12 listed. Um, let's look, look real quick. I don't want to take too much time in here and bore you all to death, but uh, so Michigan State, they have... See, they have at least... Holy cow, they got a lot in here. I'm not even going to count them all. I'm going to count them all. But... Obviously, losing all three quarterbacks is uh, is something huge there. So, anyways, yeah, I I said what I need to say, but that, that's our that's our transfer portal right now. Nine hundred fifty five uh, kids and counting. Uh, looks like one was already withdrawn, but it doesn't show me who it is. Nine's committed so far, so some have already um, reenlisted somewhere else. Uh, speaking of uh, transfer portal stuff, um, next is we'll get touch. Real briefly in recruiting, so Justin Scott, it was is a five star defensive tackle. Um, over the summer, Justin Scott was kind of crystal ball to go to Michigan, uh, and was probably going to put their class into like the top two, top three at the time. Um, well, when he did originally commit, he picked Ohio State actually, and this was about the time we were doing all the Bryce West, Aaron Scott stuff. And Justin Scott, again, um, said the reason why he was going to Columbus was because of uh, Ohio State's D-line coach, Larry Johnson. So uh, I'm not sure on the reasoning of the, the whole flip here to Miami, but he is now going to the Miami Hurricanes, and uh, we know that the Miami Hurricanes have no problems dishing out the greenbacks for players before they even step on campus. Um, and the... Hilarious thing out of this whole thing was the um, the poster, if you will, the edit of uh, Justin Scott flipping. Uh, he was on a beach in a, in a Hurricanes uniform, and there just happened to be a huge stack of cash full of hundreds wrapped up on the side in the in the sand, which was again, like I said, is pretty freaking hilarious. But so Ohio State um, loses a commit there, and it's it's wild, man. Miami, they just. Unless something changes, I mean, they are just been historically underwhelming. They get five stars here and there, they get four stars here and there, but they, but when they, when they get a string of them together, it doesn't matter. They just still suck, you know. They just still suck. They're poorly coached. I really thought that Mark Rick was gonna come back and and do something for them. It was a short lived tenure. Manny Diaz couldn't do it. Now he's a defensive coordinator at Penn State. Just uh. Just has not worked out for them, but uh, they 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 dip, you know, they they uh, shove bags of money down kids' throats, and um, it, it remains to be seen if they can actually turn that on the success into on on the football field. Um, next is Jordan Marshall, uh, four star running back for Michigan. He's committed. He has reaffirmed his commit, and he um, was just named the twenty twenty three twenty twenty four Mister Ohio Award. And, uh, yeah, so he's a, he's a Michigan Wolverine and, uh, it was pretty cool to see him win that, uh, win that, uh, title. Um, you know, Ohio State, I would say, isn't missing Jordan Marshall a whole lot because they do have two, uh, highly regarded running backs in their class already. Like, I think one of them, I think the kid, last kid's name is Peoples. I forget his first name. And then they have another one too. So, um. You know, when Mayan Williams and Trevion Henderson, whenever they leave, they 
have some more guys in the wings. Um, let's see here. Uh, Big Ten Awards were announced, and uh, they were announced during one of the uh, timeouts or halftime uh, of the Big Ten Championship game while I was there. And uh, some of these uh, following players got a nice hearty boo from both uh, Hawkeye and Wolverine uh, faithful. So the 2023 Big Ten Individual Award winners, the uh, Dungy Thompson Humanitarian Award uh, went to Dick Butkus from Illinois. You know, obviously, I mean, if you don't know who Dick Butkus is, then you've been living under a rock. But, you know, he won the award, and I want to say he passed passed away rather recently in the last few years. Um, but either way, his son was there to accept the award on the field, which is really cool. Um, the leadership award went to Richard Cochise, uh, from Indiana. Uh, I believe that was the guy, he was also there accepting the award, uh, was a Vietnam vet. Um, really cool. Really cool. I had a purple, I think they said he had a purple heart, had some ribbons. So that was cool to see, but yeah, he was there in person as well. The Offensive Player of the Year was Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. Uh, the Nagurski Woodson Defensive Player of the Year. So sorry that I, I said Nagurski Woodson. Each one of these things is like got uh, you know two abbreviated names, um, put into one, and then they obviously have the trophy or the the title of the award after that. But so the um, Offensive Player of the Year Marvin Harrison. The Defensive Player of the Year was uh, Jerzon Newton from Illinois. The freshman of the year, the Thompson L, or excuse me, the Thompson Randall L, freshman of the year, Dylan Feynman from Purdue. The uh, coach of the year, which is named the Hayes Schembechler Award, uh, went to David Braun from Northwestern. Well deserved. Uh, again, if you aren't on the Facebook page, uh, suggest you follow us there and on Twitter. But like, uh, you know, preseason. You know, again, I did the, I did my, the whole, th my whole spiel. We started with the West Division. We went from the bottom up. Did the same thing for the East. I gave you, you know, game by game, uh, all that stuff. And I was off on like three teams this year. I mean, I was off maybe one or two here or there. But I, I hit on a lot of things. I gotta pat myself on the back. One of the ones, one of the teams that I was way off was Northwestern. I originally had them going with three wins total on the year. I dropped them down to two, was debating one because of the loss of Pat Fitzgerald, and they lost one of their best linebackers to Ohio State. But David Braun gets these guys, was it six and five or six and six or whatever, or five and six, something like that? Or is it six and six? Yeah, because they're going to a bowl game. Northwestern's got, they got to play Utah. Um, but uh, Coach of the Year, David Braun, again, well deserved. Uh, the quarterback of the year went to JJ. Um, again, different story. Michael Penix Jr. is doing this with Indiana. Who's to say, right? Uh, the running back of the year, he went to Blake Corum. The tight end of the year went to Cade Stover. Uh, kind of salty about that one, man. Of course, you want to see Colson Loveland win that one, but uh, Cade Stover, I mean, let's be honest, he's a dog. The uh, offensive lineman of the year, um, the uh, kid from Penn State, I'm going to butcher his first name. I can barely say Osulgan Olubutimi from Michigan last year, so I'm just going to say Fashanu. Uh, Big O from Penn State. Um, defensive lineman of the year, again, was Jozan Newton from Illinois. 
Linebacker of the year, Tommy Eichenberg. Um, I don't know how I feel about that one either. Um, I wonder, I don't know if they show you the finalists or whatever, but obviously you kind of want to see Junior Colster and Michael Barrett in that one. Uh, defensive back of the year, Cooper DeGene. Uh, and the kicker of the year was Dragon, Dragon, Keish from Minnesota. Dude, that, if that dude's name is really Dragon, that's badass. I mean, you got Kool-Aid. I know that was a nickname, but you got like Kool-Aid McKinnistry from Alabama. But now, screw that. Minnesota's got Dragon. Dragon Keish. Uh, punter of the year, Tory Taylor from Iowa. And we've seen that in that game. Like He, he had like a 67-yard punt that put Michigan down like inside the 5 or 6-yard line or something like that. That was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So those are your award winners for the Big Ten. Um, all right, before we get into segment three, I want to talk about another one of our sponsors. So, don't you love the thrill and excitement of what sports can bring you on the playing field? Well, what about the thrill it can bring you in a box? Sports Loot can provide the everyday fan a wide variety of autographed sports memorabilia and mystery boxes. From autographed hockey pucks to NFL full-size helmets, Sports Loot provides the biggest names of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Each autographed item is certified from the most reputable authentication companies in the business. I've personally been a customer for over four years, and I can tell you firsthand after experiencing other similar companies prior to Sports Loot, I'll never go back. So with the holidays around the corner, log on to thesportsloot.com and check out their selection to find a unique and exciting gift for that sports fan you know or spoil yourself. Trust me, you go on that website, ladies and gentlemen, there's, again, a wide variety of things to purchase. And you can buy yourself a custom jersey or you can buy yourself a licensed jersey. You can, you know, full-size helmets, mini helmets. You can, you know, buy yourself... You know, uh, get yourself one of those top of the line helmets, like a like a super flex. You know, all that kind of stuff is on there. Trust me, um, it's a perfect holiday gift. And if you, even if you're a collector yourself, like me, you want to buy, uh, you know, a mini helmet, see what you get. Boom, Pat Mahomes happens, right? But again, go to thesportsloop.com, check out their selection. And if you have any inquiries, shoot them an email. So that will be. In the description box below, please go check it out. All right, back for segment three. Um, as we were kind of starting the recording, the show, the Heisman finalists dropped. So we'll get to that. We are going to talk about uh, some other things too, like these bowl games. So, you know, I've if you've listened to me since I've been doing uh, my co-host duties with Jeff at Real Talk. Um, you know, last year we started to ramp it up with this discussion of, of like, if you're not in the college football playoff, or do these game these do these bowl games really matter? So, I know we're moving to twelve next year, right? But like with four, you're already seeing it. Uh, well, obviously, you're already seen it because we've already witnessed it uh, over the over these you know, over this time. But again, you know, Caleb Williams is sitting out out of his bowl game. Bo Nix is uh, reportedly on from on three, going to be playing against uh, Liberty in their bowl game. But 
you have one high-profile quarterback not playing, and then you have another one that is playing. So we've seen it with Michigan State playing Pittsburgh in 2021, or after that season, where you know Kenneth Walker sits and Kenny Pickett sits. So you have a high-profile, little pizzazz, some intrigue, and then when those two key players drop out, I mean, if unless you're a fan of those teams, no one wants to watch that game. No one's going to want to watch that game. No one did watch that game. Kenny Pickett, you know, you lose the starting quarterback, let alone Michigan State's best weapon on both sides, really, on the whole team. And so, again, my question is, do these future bowl games matter? So you'll add a handful more to make, you know, to get to these 12 teams or these 12 games or excuse me. Yeah. These 12 teams, but like, what's the point? What's the point? I know, I know we give Jim Harbaugh a lot of gripe with his horrendous bowl game record, but I mean, down the road, I mean, who, who really cares? He's not had a lot of players sit out on him. I mean, Jabril Peppers never played a bowl game because, you know, he had cramps or, you know, needed his diaper change. But, like, you know, uh, Karan Higdon sat out and poor bastard didn't get drafted. Um, but some of these higher, more higher-profile guys, these guys that are, like, surefire first-round picks, you know, what, what's the point of risking yourself? Um, and to me... If you're going to have this 12-team playoff, these bowl games are going, to, are, are going to be hurting. They are going to be absolutely hurting. When This is a money-driven, like we talked about it earlier, this is a money-driven league. And so if you're going to have these guys continuously drop out, I mean, what again, what's the point of playing these? What's, what's the point of uh, duking it out on the field? So USC is going to be out there without probably the number one quarterback off the board. You got Utah, who Cam Rising's hurt. He's not playing. Bryson Barnes is in the transfer portal, so he's not playing. You got Kyle McCord in the portal for Ohio State. I assume he's not. I mean, maybe. I mean, again, you can still be in the portal and still be technically on the team, right? But, like, some of these guys aren't going to be playing. Um and then you got you know again you got the you got the other half of it of where they don't want to risk getting hurt before the the draft cycle, so if Michigan or any one of your teams out there that misses the playoff, and they are in the Barstool Sports Bowl or they're in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, and you, they go out and lose, I mean, do you really consider that a blemish? If you're missing your key players, especially quarterback, like Lincoln Riley, when he when he goes out there with USC and he loses, I mean, should he be really be criticized at all? You're, I mean, you can criticize him because his defense is garbage, but again, their defense is garbage. They are not going to have Caleb Williams. They're most likely losing. I don't even know who they're playing, and they're most likely losing. Let's look. Let's scroll down. So before we get to USC, let's look. Seven and five Northwestern. So I jeez, I said they were six and six. They're seven and five Northwestern. 
They're a seven-point dog to Utah, and Utah is going to be down to their, what, their fourth-string quarterback? Outside of, like, the 10 Northwestern fans in Utah, who's watching that game? No one's watching that game. USC and Louisville. Louisville's already a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Does that line is that line updated or is it going to change with without Caleb Williams? The Direct TV Holiday Bowl, eight PM on Fox. I don't care about that game anymore. Do you? Let's go down here to the Oklahoma Arizona game, the Alamo Bowl. Oklahoma ten and two, Arizona nine and three. Dylan Gabriel's in the transfer portal. Do you think he plays this game? Assume he doesn't. You watching that? I'm not watching that. Again, Ohio State playing Missouri. Kyle McCord doesn't play. You might, out of all the games that are going to be missing players, either sitting out or transferring, I think out of all of them, this one actually might still be somewhat interesting just because Devin Brown is Ohio State's secondary quarterback and they still have possibly some options, right? Um, but like, I don't know, <laughs> like, like Bo Nix, I mean, Liberty's going to get smoked. I can't even believe they put that. I know Liberty search, you know, Liberty's going to get smoked. Um, but yeah, anyways, you, you get my point. You get my point. I, to me, I, I personally feel like if you, if you have a team out there and they lose crucial pieces of of that said roster, can you really judge it? Can really, really judge it? Now, with Jim Harbaugh, like I said, he has not been haunted by a lot of guys sitting out. You know, Jabril Peppers didn't play in any of those bowl games, and they won one of them. But, like, if he goes on and stays with Michigan and he doesn't make the playoff one year, God, I hope they actually make it when it's 12 teams. But, I mean, can you really knock the guy for losing one? Because you don't have your players. So, I don't know. That's where I'm at. Um, <laughs> like my, like the Miami Hurricanes, they're a three-point favorite. They're playing six and six Rutgers. Tyler Van Dyke, who knows? He's in the portal. He doesn't play. How do you even, how do you even, uh, how do you even attempt to watch that on mute? The bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl. Good grief. Look at this. Kansas State versus North, uh, North Carolina State. I'm only hating on this game because it's called the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I mean, I mean, if <laughs> I mean, if you're a Michigan Ohio State fan and you're playing in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, I mean, what's why even get on the plane? Why even get on the plane? All right. I, I spent enough time there. <laughs> I bore you to death. So that's where I'm at there. So we talked about um, the Heisman finalists. So, um, or we, we're going to right now. Bo Nix from Oregon, Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels from LSU, Marvin Harrison from Ohio State, and Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. So Bo Nix, four thousand one hundred forty-five yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions. Jaden Daniels, three thousand eight hundred twelve yards, forty touchdowns, four interceptions. Marvin Harrison, sixty-six. Excuse me, sixty-seven receptions. 
1,211 yards, 14 touchdowns. He's averaging 18 yards per catch. And then Penix Jr., 4,218 yards, 33 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. So um, out of those four, I think my Heisman favorite, it's probably, I mean, I don't think it's an, an easy answer. I think either any of these four could win it. Um, I think that if Penix Jr., man, I'll tell you what, I think Penix Jr. can uh, can probably win this, and I think he'll, I mean, I is the I believe the ceremonies before, yeah, ceremonies this week, right? So it's before the the playoff anyway. I would probably lean more. More him. I know he's got seven less touchdown passes than the other two guys. I would probably count out Marvin Harrison. It's very hard for a wide receiver to win it, and I think these three quarterbacks just got really gaudy. Uh, stats to back up their uh, their prestige. Jane Daniels, I don't think he'll win it just because he's on LSU and they're kind of irrelevant. So I really think it's going to come down to these Pac-12 quarterbacks or these future Big Ten team-style quarterbacks, I guess. Um, I say style, but you know what I mean. Uh, so I probably would put Penix 1, Bone Nix 2, and then Marv 3. I don't know. I, again, I think any four of these could win it. I just think that, um, you know, it's if it was just about stats, it would just be about stats, but it's it's really not. Um, otherwise, Toby Gerhardt from Stanford should have won it years ago. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. So, again, appreciate the support and listens. Uh, I know Spotify rap came out and stuff like that or whatever. And uh, it's been really nice to see this, uh, the show grow. And, uh, you know, I'm still, you know, still plugging along here. Very new. Been doing this since uh, the summertime, whatever, but it's been very fun. I appreciate the, the ones who give support and stuff like that. And thank you to the listeners from here to India, um, which I still find hilarious, but pretty cool at the same time. So again, if you're not on the Facebook page, the, the group that is, links in the bio for that. The link for Twitter to give me a follow there in the bio as well. And then for um, uh, our two sponsors, they'll be down below as well. So, again, appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you guys here probably next week. I know um, there probably still won't be any of the Bama talk. We'll probably, again, wait probably till week of, maybe a couple days before. Uh, and then we're going to still try again, sprinkle in some uh, sports documentary reviews. I know we got Michigan hoops to talk about. We got some Michigan hockey to talk about. But a lot of those um, games for those two guys, for those two teams, are really kind of on hold until after the holidays. But um, I will talk to you guys next week. Uh, you guys stay safe, happy, healthy. Go blue, Big Ten champs. Peace.